Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My guest today is actress, comedian, and stage mom to a dog, Winston, Christina Kirkman. She's best known for her role in the final two seasons of Nickelodeon's All That. These days, fans know Christina from her TikTok videos. Her dog, Winston, my producers didn't even include that because they didn't know about Winston, who's also famous. And she has over a million followers. This is Just Be Unfluenced. Let's get into it. How are you? Where's your doggy? He's literally you're like in your body. He's in your body. Yeah, he has to be touching me. He's a Velcro dog. Wait, his name is Winston. Yeah, and he's famous. He is significantly more famous than I will ever be. So, how famous is he? Like, does he make? Does he? Because I had a dog named Cookie that one year made fifteen thousand dollars because I think Farmer's Dog paid me that year, and I love Farmer's Dog. Um, or paid cookie. They didn't pay right, me. Of course. They, paid, they did of a course. deal with cookies manager. But um, 
I look at Biggie and Smalls. They pee. I'm like, you fucking cost me. One. You don't make one goddamn time. They're so cute. They're little rascals. But like, I don't market them. They don't make you me gotta anything. Put them to work. Dra- you got to get them shits working. This guy, They're just a drag on the ticket. He, he fucking carries his weight. And then some. Well, he doesn't weigh that much. It, well, true. But he like, I, I used to joke and be like, all right, dude, you need to like pull your own weight. He, he rakes in the checks, man. So how much money does Winston make a year? He makes six figures. Winston makes six figures. Amazing. This, this, wow. this dog saved me. Can we see him? Let's, let's see him. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's raining. So he's all wet. Right. So he doesn't see, what's he working? Winston, what are you working on right now? What is he working on? Yeah. Do, you got any projects coming? I mean, we've been so lucky that like we work with like, a lot of the same brands over and over again, which is like, we've developed really good relationships. We work with, you know, like the same dog food brands. We've worked with Amazon several times. Um, we just like have built really good relationships with these brands and it's been a blast just kind of like, you know, making commercials for them. I love it. That's on, it's all social media too? All social media. Yeah. Okay. So did has he helped your career? Yeah. Like, did he get you into TikTok? So Christina's a social media influencer. She's very funny. And then you like sort of were a little against yeah. TikTok. Um, and then you like were bored and your career was blow was about to escalate and then blew up and then you got into yeah. it. So tell us about like your story and where are you? Uh, in Los Angeles now. Um, I'm from a small town outside of Boston, which is a normal ass kid. I was a gymnast. Um, and there was a competition on Nickelodeon called Are You All That? The Search for the Funniest Kid in America. And I was like, oh, okay. I got I to gotta enter. And my dad, I mean, both my parents are very funny, but my dad is the goofy one. My dad was like, let's fucking do it. And he went downstairs and got the video camera. And we like went on the website and you, there were all these prompts. You basically had to do a few sketches and then some impersonations and like original content. Wow. So I just like record, recorded this in my kitchen. Didn't think anything of it. How old? 10. Okay. Competition ended up being over 10,000 kids that entered and sent it off. And then I think I made like top 100. We got, I think we got a a call first and we were like, holy shit, top 100. And they were doing castings like in Los Angeles, in New York and all. And like now being an actor, I'm like, all right, like if there's an in-person casting and there's self tapes, like the in-person people have a better shot. Like no one's watching the fucking self tapes. Right. So like, right. And most of the kids that were doing the castings were child actors. So like they, this, this shit was like normal for them. May top 100. Yes. And then we were like, Holy shit, this is, this, this might happen. And then from top 50 to top five, every Friday night they would air, I think it was after SpongeBob, they would air like the top 10 contestants every week. So, so this was fun. Like you, this was like an exciting oh, yeah, thing in your you house. Ha- like in order, like there was no social media, right? So if you wanted to see who was right. moving on, like everybody had to get together and watch. So we would have these watch parties. And I remember I made top 50. And then once I made top 10, that was the moment that my parents were like, this, this bitch might actually fucking win. And I remember right. top five, I was the last person that they showed. And we had this like big viewing party and I was the last one before the commercial break. And they show like your photo, they show like a little clip of your audition tape. And then like, that was it. I was top five. The next week they flew us all to California. I remember landing at LAX 
There was like paparazzi. There was the news like Nickelodeon was there. We were going to be shooting at the airport. And I'm like always super outgoing. I'm an only child. And I remember being like, what the fuck is this is like wild. Like we, I think they had me like sit on a suitcase going around the like baggage plane. Like it was nuts. And then you remember it now. Like you really remember it. Wow. Yeah. That was like, I mean, you know, I'm walking off the plane at LAX and there's just like cameras and interviews and, uh, you know, oh my God, congratulations. And I was just like, holy shit, this is, I I, I knew that things were going to change for me. I just didn't expect it was going to be this abrupt, you know, like it was nuts. Right. It was nuts. And right. then, okay. so top five, we had like a bonding week where they like took us to Nickelodeon studios. We met everybody at the time. My icon was Amanda Bynes. She kind of ended up being like a mentor to me. I just loved her. Like you met her, you know her. Yeah. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. The speculation was that, you know, they were looking for the next Amanda Bynes because Amanda Bynes at this point was already off all that. She had like moved on. Uh She was doing film. Like she was just way past that. And she was one of the, there were three celebrity judges. It was Nick Cannon, Josh Peck and Amanda Bynes. So Between them and America, I won. Uh, And my my skit, so we had our bonding experience. And then I, we all got assigned all that cast members and you were going to do a sketch. And then we were going to have a, you know, live audience taping and they were going to announce the winner. So I remember rehearsal for my sketch, which was with Jamie Lynn Spears Lisa Foyles. It was with like all of the Taryn Killam, Kyle Sullivan, all of the like OGs. And I remember I went to do my rehearsal and like, I had never acted. Like I've always been the entertainer of my family, but like being on set is just so different, especially as a 10 year old. And I remember I doing rehearsal and there's lights everywhere. And I, I just froze up and I bombed the rehearsal. I mean, it was, I, I even know as a kid, it was so bad. Right. And I left the rehearsal and my parents pulled me aside and they were like, listen, if you end up fucking hating this, we'll take you home. Like we don't, we don't ever have uh-huh. to talk about this again. However, we know how funny you are and we know that you're going to regret it if you don't go out there and just like give it everything. So good. Smart. Yeah. So I remember being like, and my dad specifically was like, you know, me and my dad used to like make up sketches all the time in the living room and like make up characters. And he was like, listen, just pretend it's you and I being goofy in the living room. There's nobody else here. And then I went out to do my, you know, live performance. And I, like, I, I just felt the energy of everybody. Like I, I was, I remember feeling if I don't get this, I'm fine. Like that was the best performance. Because I left it all in the field. I did I it. left it yeah, all there. Insane. Yeah. It was just uh, such Got a good it. feeling. Wow. And at the time while we were doing rehearsal, I actually, I, I, I haven't seen this footage until like two years ago, but there's a clip of my dad asking Amanda, like, what would you want to tell Christina right now? And she was like, Christina, you're so, so funny. Like, I love watching you. You're so talented. Like just words of encouragement. It was just, everything was, was setting up to be exactly what I wanted it to be. I I, I had no regrets there. I remember as a kid being like, that's it. Whatever happens, happens. And then we did a live studio audience and Taryn Killam was our host and he was like, you know, and the winner of the Are You All That? The Search for the Funniest Kid in America is. And they said my name and we're backstage. And just some PA just 
throws me on stage and I walk out and there's just like a fuck ton of kids, Amanda Bynes, Nick Cannon, everybody's like picking me up. So you won. And I won. And I, so and at this won. point, wow. that hadn't aired yet, right? We did like our live studio audience. It wasn't supposed to air till the following week. We signed an NDA. My mom, uh-huh. I was a competitive gymnast at the time. My mom called my gymnastics school and my school and was like, hey, so there's a possibility my daughter might have to stay out in, in Los Angeles. We don't know yet. And then that was it. My mom quit her job on the spot, moved out to Los Angeles with me. I was a series regular on all that. And then like just at, my whole life changed. Like back then, if you were on television, you were famous. Like there was no influencers. There was no social media. No, 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 no. And it was another it level. Was another, and, it wasn't so crowded. And all that was the biggest show for my generation because it brought together okay. like, it, I mean, it was Saturday Night Live for kids. It was like, iconic and it was so diverse like it really it really was such a good show for a pretty large age group of kids so i would get swarmed when i would go out you're very entertaining and it's all really like just your comedy and doing voices and singing and performing and not taking yourself too seriously once in a while you throw in some beauty once in a while some food but it feels like you're just expressing yourself. And is this a side hustle? Is it a hobby? Is it a career yet? Like, you know, when people say, what do you do for a living? Mm. You say, I'm an actress. I'm an influencer. I know you write. Like, what, what do you, what, you're, you're an example of this world where an, another generation doesn't understand, yeah. like, what you do for a living, I bet, or how you pay your bills. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, like you said, I was so anti doing social media. I think like I was an actor first, my story got all ruffled up in between. And and there were all these signs that like, it wasn't going to pan out the way that I wanted. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, like when there's something that we want to do and we push and push and push, and like, it's not working, we immediately are like, Oh, maybe this isn't meant for me rather than being like, maybe it is meant for me, but maybe my journey to get there is supposed to be over here. You know what I mean? So I kept being Find like, your way in. Yeah. Like yes. I kept trying to get in one specific way. I was like, this is the way I'm going to act. I'm going to be like a no name. I'm going to be like mysterious on social media. And then one day I'm just going to pop off and nobody's going to know that for the past 10 years, I've been hustling and auditioning and doing that whole thing. And I was doing that. I was fucking doing that for so long. And like, it just wasn't working. And I kept, I think I knew deep down. I was like, I think I would do really well on social media because I'm quirky and goofy and, and uh, you know, whatever. I, I think that I would do well there, but I don't want to do it. I don't want to get into the industry that way. I was very close-minded about it. And then COVID happened. That's how people, that's how many actors feel totally. about reality television. Right, right. You may not get the same types of roles because you just think thought of differently, but it's a different road. Okay, I'm a big fan of Cozy Earth. Who doesn't love bed sheets that feel like butter? Oh my God, they're delicious. They make you feel special. They make you feel rich. They make you feel clean. They make you feel refreshed. The sheet sets are to die for. They fit my bed perfectly and they wash like a dream. Travel friendly and hassle free, Cozy Earth's bedding comes in adorable totes making it the perfect companion for your adventures near and far. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. 
Cozy Earth has everything you need to turn every moment into pure bliss. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use my code Bethany, B-E-T-H-E-N-N-Y, at checkout to get 35% off. Whoa. And let them know that I sent you after you check out. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second-grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second-grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep tight stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're saying it wasn't working? Like, for how many years? You just weren't getting roles? How were you supporting yourself as an adult? Dude, I, I, yeah, bad. it was bad. I, I, okay. I, when I came back up to Los Angeles, I graduated college. I came back to Los Angeles. I was super cocky. I've, I've made this very clear to people. I thought I was, I was a series regular. I was getting offered great roles. While, like, I, I just thought I was going to come out, uh-huh. be a series regular, and everything was going to be good. And like, I was getting into rooms. I was getting meetings. I was getting the representation because people knew my name. But then once I'd get in the room, they were like, dude, we haven't seen you in 15 years. Like, 
we can't just put you in. We like, you need to start all over again, essentially. Wow. And that was like the very humbling moment. I remember having a moment of like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to accept that like, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills and I'm going to struggle and I'm not going to know where my next meal ticket's coming from. And I have to fucking love this because I need to start all over again and like be very green. And that's what I did. I like went to acting classes. I did every single casting director workshop in Los Angeles. I was signed. I I went through a bunch of different reps and I did the doe-eyed thing where I was like, Oh my God, I'll do anything. I'm so, it's such a desperate actor. Like I'll just, whatever you want me to do. Right. I played that game. Right. And then, um, I, I was doing so well. I was on a, I was on a show before the pandemic called ambitions. And that show saved me because it happened right at the moment that I was about to quit. I was like four years in, I was like, I can't, I can't, pay my fucking bills. I cannot do this. I had family members dying. I was missing funerals. I was missing weddings because as an actor, it's always like, oh my God, if I leave town, what if I miss the yeah. job or yeah. someone calls me? Yeah. So I miss it. I was missing everything. And I got to a point where I was like, I cannot do this anymore. A couple of days later, I got a call that a job I had auditioned for, I booked. It was going to be shooting in Atlanta eight months. At the time, I was in a toxic relationship. My grandfather was about to die. Like I had all this shit and that show saved me. And that show gave me my confidence back because I, you know, was working for eight months straight. You are an actor. You, you, you could be on a set and no pee. Yes. It's funny that you say that the form that it takes, because I was in LA working at La Scala as a hostess and I did a bunch of different jobs and worked for Jerry Bruckheimer and Lauren Michaels and had every Uh job. And I was trying to act, but I used to say, I would like, I don't, I worked as a PA on Saved by the Bell. I used to be like, I want to be myself, but I don't want to be a host because hosting seems really canned also, like you're staring at words. But I was like, I would like to be myself, but it didn't exist because reality TV didn't exist. So to your point, I found my way into being able to entertain and opine and be who I am in a circuitous route. And that's kind of what you have to make your own shit. You have to make your, you have, you can, there hasn't been like for me, uh, the it, it just became so saturated too, right? Like by the time I came back out to LA, it was just a different industry. Every like we have social media now, and like there's just these streaming services. Uh, there's just so much. It was such a difficult thing to navigate. And then finally, when I made the choice to go on social media, which happened during the pandemic, but I didn't commit yet. It wasn't really until last year I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to go balls to the wall and do this." And that. Like you say that now, now this is your career. You're a social media well, influencer. That's what you're this, doing balls to the this, wall. Yes. But my mindset was like, I want to entertain. I love entertaining. I don't want to wait for somebody to give me permission to entertain. I don't want to wait for it anymore because even when I am a working actor and I'm waiting, Likewise. you're only working maybe two jobs a year. I can't wait. I can't only entertain for two jobs a year. I want to know that I can entertain at any given time. So my thing was, but- I'll do social media. I'm going to entertain. I would rather do that as my day job than work at Starbucks because at least I'm doing something that is in alignment with what I want to do. I'm building an audience. So once I committed to it. But I will say that it's not only waiting around to entertain it's waiting around for someone else to control your destiny. It's even with me, I literally was offered, I'm not exaggerating three TV shows in the last like week or two, like streamer network production companies like i used to beg for this stuff yeah every time i people are always shocked and another housewife just proposed uh came to me to ask if i do something with them and a production company wanted it every time a it's snobby i'm like they can't pay me enough they can't pay me enough to go 
I will not be going in a, in a, in a room right now, like a conference room to meet two yeah. guys in checkered shirts. Tell me what's going to work, what's not going to work, but then tell me that it's going to get picked up. And then in six months, we're going to start shooting. Yeah. And then in 12 months, it's going to air. And then I have to do a week of bulky, weird, non, you know, of traditional PR versus like, here we go. I just do I whatever think it's going to work. Yeah. So here's the camera. That, 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 that's what I think is the direct to consumer model. Totally. Like Mark Cuban, who's a good friend of mine said to me, Bravo is, it's a streamer for old people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's archaic in a way. And only people who get it like you now get it. You can do that too, but you're going to get, you don't get that high. Like you do when you do something yeah. direct to consumer. As an, as an artist in general, you are always like, you're such a fucking pick me when you're an artist, right? Because it's always like, yes. Oh my God. But you should, can you watch, did you watch my tape? What did you think? Was it good? Like, it's just this icky, icky energy. So desperate. So desperate. That's what I hated about being an actress in LA. No matter what you met someone, they asked you what you do for a living. You feel like a loser by saying it, not because being an actor is being a loser, but because of being a person working as a hostess at a restaurant, slinging salads. When you say that, they immediately put a label totally. on you and they know, oh, this girl, either she's going to want to sleep with me. We can take advantage of her. Or I'm going to want to sleep with her or I got to do something or she's just another, like they don't notice you. And even if you are talented, the people that already know you never notice you even more yeah. because they've just put you in that bucket over here. Oh, totally. You know, they yeah. only notice the shiny new object. Yeah. I get it. I really do. It's just, I, I mean, even like this, I've had meetings with like big agencies, with casting directors where I have said things where I was like, holy shit, I would have never said that shit two years ago. Like I, I had, I'm, 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 I only have a lawyer right now. I'm kind of like, I did the same thing years ago. At this point, I'm like, I'm just, I'm looking for a team. I have two films coming out this year. I'm looking for a team, but I'm not in the space anymore where I'm like, who wants to sign me? Like, I just want to sign. I'm in this point where I'm like, listen, I don't give a shit where you are. You could be at the biggest agency. You could be at a boutique agency. I just want you to be stoked about what I do. I, I want have you to an be a idea cool for you. Perfect, Beth. Let me know. I have an idea when we get done. Yeah. Right. If you, want, you know, it's so funny because two different people have asked me from the housewives sphere to manage them, and I've said no. And then a young influencer with like twenty million followers asked me the same. Um, and it's just something that keeps coming up where people are asking me, and I have different ideas. People that don't understand the industry. They look at you and they're like, mm, you've been out in LA for a really long time. Haven't really seen you on anything. They don't understand like all of the bullshit we have to go through and like the rejection and like how many times I get called and it's like, you're pinned or you're on producer's desk or here's a callback or they really like you. Oh, nothing's worse than a callback. That's degrading too. And you're calling, begging for scrap. Wait, what did they say? What exactly? What do I wear? What? It's degrading. Yeah. They, they don't They don't see that. I mean, I had I had a, a couple Augusts ago, I was going to be officiating a wedding in Vermont and I auditioned for a really big role on a really big show across from a really big actor. I was the only actor that they had called out for this role. I been in for them a bunch. I had a great relationship with them. Huge network. They called me in for this role. It, it was like an FBI agent. It was right up my alley. It was great. I'm the only one that went out for it. I went out for it. I submitted my tape, nailed the fucking tape. My reps called me and they were like, listen, you're the only person that went out for this. I, you're going to get this. And I was like, okay. And two, in two days, I was flying out to go officiate this wedding. And I remember being like, I'm letting you know, I'm, if I don't have that, like I'm on the, I'm on the plane. So uh, what, I'm not going to just wait and chill. And my yeah. rest called me like the day before. And they were like, is there any way you can change your flight? 
I really think you're like, you know, I wouldn't just say this. They love you. You're going to get it. And I was like, dude, no, until I fucking write my name on a paper, I'm not rescheduling. No, my play. They, ended up cutting, they ended up cutting that role. So it's like, that's great. Desperate. But people that are, have no association to Hollywood, they don't understand that. They're just like, well, I'm seeing all these people on TV. You've been out here for a while. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So like when I posted that video, I was like, damn, I'm going to have to kind of admit to failure uh, all of this. And I've had these successes in between, yeah. but it's been like, you know, a long time. And I posted that video and I got, I got reached out by some big agencies, some casting directors. I had talked to you right after. And then I kind of had this like, well, shit, dude, I got a million people on here. I got a million people that every day are commenting like, what can we watch you in? What do you have coming out? Like, we want to support you. We don't know how we're not seeing you in things. And that was also my like validation of, I got a million people on here that I'm doing, they like what I'm doing. Why am I? It is a show. Why am I not going to use this and utilize this? I think it is so stupid that we have this mindset that like, oh, if you are an artist, that's your brand. Like you're an actor, then just be a fucking actor. People will take you seriously if you're just an actor. It's like, listen, I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of things that I like. Why not monetize all of them? So let's do that now. Okay. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. 
I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Besides being a stage mom to Winston and making that money, okay, how do you monetize this? First, a couple of questions, three-part question or two-part question. One, how, who is paying you? Two, I bet you just make money because of you is not crazy. Three, is it YouTube? And four, what's your schedule? Like, do you seriously be like, I'm going to sit down and do this? Or are you just fucking around all day? Because I exploded on social media, but I'm just fucking around. This is not my primary source of income. This is a joke. It was a puppet show. I didn't even know that anyone would give a shit. I can't even believe what's going on and why it happened. But I'm just fucking around. I don't have any any process whatsoever. I do what I want when I want. It has no organization, as you can tell by looking at the content. But that's but that's why people love you, right? Because you're just authentic and you're just you, you know it's not it's not a job, right? You're just like giving people like whatever you got at that moment. I think that's what I try to do with my page. I really like. I think I'm in a nice position right now. The what also kind of pushed me into social media is I couldn't pay my rent anymore. I couldn't pay rent. I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm like, I'm not going. I I um I, I don't want to go work. I already did the service job thing. I've done that. I don't want to do that. I need to okay. do something where like I can use my skills. I went to school for broadcast journalism. I love writing. I love comedy. I love editing. So once I started momentum with him. I was like, oh my God, this could be a really full-time job. Like if I buckle down and I do this and I did, I, you know. Um, Years ago, I left the agency world. I'm a direct to consumer kind of person. I didn't want an agent. So they have my brand stuff and a lot of stuff comes in there that I do. And I don't, I'm not sleeping, you know. That's smart. uh, But I I run my own rodeo and they're fine with it. That's how you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, he helped me make this media kit and I started doing, um, I started making these, like essentially these commercials for brands where I would write. So I I did all the negotiation. I was doing all the contracts. I was doing all the admin, all my finances. I became an S corp. Like I just was doing all of a sudden kind of doing everything overnight. And then I write, I write the shot list. I shoot it. I edit it. I produce it. Now I have a lawyer like it's who does the contract. I don't understand what brand for when, for when. 
any brand you can imagine. Farmers Dog, Sundays for Dogs, Open Farm, Amex, Visa, Paramount, Sony. Oh, but this is so you're literally. This is not. I'm not making a joke. Like you're like Winston's business manager. I'm being serious. With me, I've kind of just been like, all right. Well, I'll just use my page as like fucking around, having fun, doing that, and I'll just monetize him. And now that I've been growing, there's obviously been more of an opportunity to monetize. So I'm slowly like. I accept brand deals. I'm a little bit more picky about them. They have to be in alignment with me because it's my brand. Um, so I, so it's, I, more brand him. it's more him. It's more him. Can I ask you a yeah. stupid, this is a very stupid question, but I have like people who would film it, et cetera. Would you ever, I'm being serious because my publicist, Jill Fritzo, like the guy who works for her, Steve and I used to be like, what's the fucking matter with you? Why don't you manage Biggie and Smalls? Like they are below, people saw me on the street. Like I love those fucking dogs. They pee, they're seven years old. They won't stop. I can't, I have a rule. I can't have rugs anymore. Or I have to buy a backup rug. I have to have outdoor, like <laughs> the whole life. People want to dress them. They get sent stuff. They're influencers. They just don't make any money. Yeah. Would you ever manage my dogs? I'll pay, I'd pay you to like be involved in my dogs. Take that, take like, like, Listen, Beth, I, they're making no me. money. Fucking put me on payroll. Let's go. I'm saying, well, and see also, but like, no, get you branded deals will come in and then you could, you would yeah. make a lot of the money. Like I'm be, I, no one's fucking servicing my dogs. I'm being a thousand percent serious. Oh, I'll well, tell you. Why are you not umbrellaing this into your fucking brand? I don't know because I just, it's in the way that you don't know in the, this is not a joke in the way that you haven't, you know, how something has to click, like it clicked in for you with your dog. Like it clicked yeah. in, but it didn't click in fully for you. It's fully clicked in for me. I, I, it took me. You got ten shit, years. shit going on. It took me, well, yes, yes. But it took me 10 years to figure out how to even do a post on Instagram. Like I'm not, yeah. the fact that one day I sat down and TikTok went viral. I was like, what? Like I'm bad at social media. So now I gotta, I don't know how to like, and you do voice, like voices. Like I want to find the identity of these fucking dogs. Like, well, it's, I, this, that, this alone, like I, people think I'm wacky as fuck when I like actually say this out loud. This is, I work from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. All day, all day I am, if I am not doing something like acting related or my social related, I'm writing a script for him. I'm negotiating a deal for him. I'm okay, like, so, and so I have an idea. So it's not a lift. Here's the thing I'm going to let you do. It's called hip pocketing. I'd like, me to, yes. I'd like you to hip pocket my dogs. Hip pocket okay. in the industry, you guys, is like an oh, agent, like doesn't want to rep you, but they're like hip pocket. You means if something comes up, they'll tell you and you, they, you eat, they eat what they kill. And I love that across the board anyway. So I'm asking you, Christina Kirkman, in all sincerity, and I have a woman, Emily, who, you know, gets paid we very well. Over here? Yeah, we have a lot of witnesses. Yeah, yeah, thousands, hundreds. So (laughs) that I'd like you, when you talk to these companies, like Farmer's Dog, for example, we are talking to, and I love them and I love that food. But like, if you talk to these companies for Winston, Mm -hmm. don't don't take a job out of Winston's. What? You want me to plug you? You want to throw them in there? Listen, I'll no, for you, but you would negotiate the deal. Like you would, you would, yeah, you would, you would, you would be like the manager of the dogs, like, and, and be like, I might, I have Winston. It's my number one client. That's my Tom Cruise, Kevin Uvane. Tom Cruise is number one, Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts. Okay. But, but Kevin Uvane has me over there, Bethany Frankel too. So like Winston is Tom Cruise and Biggie and Smalls are Bethany Frankel. That's a big jump. Right. I'm saying so like you have Winston and you, you're representing Tom Cruise and your own thing. It's your number one interest, but you've also got this new and up and coming duo. Biggie and Smalls, they, we love the industry. Loves up and coming too. We can really just, friend, you know, yeah, they're they're fifteen pounds difference, and they're one litter. They're twins. This story hasn't been told. 
story has not been told. We need to tell the story. All right. Let's and go. they weren't in the demo. They were puppies. Now they're like, they're like, uh, like me, I'm a mom. I speak to the mom generation. They speak to yeah. the mom. They're like a middle-aged do. dogs. Yeah. So anyway, right. if it comes up or you want to write them into a project, I'm just telling you a, a training company. Someone dare somebody to train my dogs. They fucking still pee at seven years. They've spent $20,000 on training them. Because I they're trained now. Man. They've already like, you can't, what are you going to do, Beth? Can I, I call don't you know. Beth? Yeah, you can call me back. Right. One person calls me back. Anyway, you don't have to feel the pressure. You have a big career with Winston. But in the event that something comes up and it might be good for them. I got you. Okay. So so anyway, back to you. So you're more focused on Winston, which I also love. And just for just just listen, that right now, I I feel like I am using all of my skills and that makes me feel fulfilled. I get the comedy writing, I get the editing, I get the production from him. From me, I get my own personal entertainment. I get the financial, I get the like, you know, you're learning business. I feel and and yes, and I'm becoming a big like, I love hiding behind him. I tell brands to off all the time through him, of course, right? And I like, well, he's good good cop, bad cop. He has to be the good cop at all times. He's the talent. But it's nice because I being in this job where I don't have to report to anybody, I can pick and choose who we work with. And there have been some brands that we've worked with where we're like, I don't like how you do business. Like uh, we're, we're good. You we're good. And like being able to be in a situation where I'm telling people no is just like so fulfilling because as an actor, you can't do, you don't do that. You never like, Oh, you want me in that movie? No, no, sorry. That's not going to happen. Like you just don't get to do that. When I first came out to Los Angeles or I had been here for a while and I was just trying to like, you know, I was just horny for reps. I was just like, anybody, you know, and, uh, people kept stopping me and they were like, are you in voiceover? Like you have such a good voice. You should be doing voiceover. And I like only watched SpongeBob growing up. I love video games. I love animation. I've always loved voiceover. And, uh, I submitted to a, a bigger agency just for like anything at this point. I was just like, I don't give a shit. You want to rep me for fucking, whatever. Just can I take a meeting? And I was at Trader Joe's and the booth director at the time, who ended up being my manager down the line, responds and is like, the team loves your reel. Do you have a voiceover reel? We would love to meet with you for voiceover. Like, have you done any voiceover work? Never done a fucking any voiceover work. And this, this story is what gave me the confidence to, to do his shit. I was at Trader Joe's and I'm like, fuck, I don't have a voiceover reel. I literally just landed in Los Angeles five minutes ago. So I write back and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one. I'm out right now. Let me send it to you. Like when I'm home in an hour, fucking race home my journalism degree. Like I wrote up a right. bunch of copy. I defaked an old Navy commercial. I faked a Bravo intro. I, I added sound effects. I made this like just good reel, sent it off, acted like those were all jobs I booked. And within 30 minutes, they were like, the team loves you. They'd love to meet with you. Walked into a conference room of 12 agents. So you're, you're a doer. You're a go-getter. I like it. Yeah. So that's my story of faking it till I make it. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.